the book of Jonah, and uh, we'll look at chapter number three. Certainly appreciate the word that we've heard. I like it when the Lord sends it, and uh, we don't even know where it's coming from. That's a good word, ain't it? And we have heard a good word tonight. I won't forget that. Therein. If you're going to be there, you might as well get in. I'll probably borrow that. Put it therein, a sermon somewhere. Good to see all the uh, young people, people from different places and churches, and uh, what a blessing that the Lord has laid it on Josh's heart to put this together, because no doubt during the course of time there'll be somebody here that's going to need a word, and God's going to bring that word that'll be life-changing. I just... Yesterday, got a text from a preacher that someone had sent him, not knowing it was going to come to me. And in that text, uh, he said, I was in a service, and he said, I was so filled with bitterness and anger, malice. He said, there were some people that I hated. He said, I was actually working out to get stronger because I figured I was going to whip them. And he said, I was sitting in that service that night, so filled of all of that. And he said, Brother Dana Williams was preaching, and he made this statement. He said, there ain't nobody treated you as bad as you've treated Jesus. He said, immediately, God, let me see that. And he said, all that hatred and bitterness and anger left. He said, that's been many years ago. And he said, most of them people I wanted to whip are my friends. (laughs) Just a word, just a simple word. Sometimes is all we need to deliver us. Of therein, now you think about that. Of therein. Appreciate Brother John obeying the Lord. Jonah chapter number 3. The preacher, Jonah. A prophet. Who also in 2 Kings chapter 17 literally prophesied concerning this place in which he has been sent to preach. He's a Hebrew, child of Abraham, a part of the people of God. He knows God. But he's been confronted in chapter 1 with the same word that he prophesied. That word came directly to him. 
You may be a Baptist. You may be saved. You've been baptized. You're part of the church. But I'm going to tell you, this is a perfect book, and we are an imperfect people. And as a result of that, this book is going to confront you at the crossroads of your life about some issue. You'll have to make the choice of whether you're going your way or God's way. I promise you that's going to happen several times in life. You go your way, you'll have to find your way. You'll have to pay your way. You'll have to explain your way. But the Word of God has confronted him. The Word of God also brings him to a willing confession. He just tells it all to the mariners, the shipmaster. He says it before God and everybody else. It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord. The Word knows how to hem you up and bring you to the place that you'll be the one doing the talking. He does a confession. He confesses things that has been practicing and everybody else could see it. Folks know more about you than what you think they know. God has prompted him. And he can't help it. He just has to let it all out. Aren't you glad God knows how to get us to the place where we can just let it all out? But it was his word confronted him, his word that brought him to a confession. Then in chapter number two, it was his word that brought him to a place of communion, a place of prayer. Jonah's gone down as far as a man could go, but he found out God was there. And it is there that he begins to pray, and the amazing thing is if you'll look at that prayer, Almost all the content is found within the Psalms. He actually prays God's word. The psalmist talked about salvation is of the Lord. The psalmist said that he was in hell. The psalmist talked about how that the Lord heard his voice. God's not judging him in chapter 2. Jonah's learned his lesson in chapter 1. What God's doing is taking him to a place to where he can really commune with him. The Lord getting you at a place to where nobody else is but you and him. And then you can pray and talk to the Lord. But it is here in chapter number 3 that we realize that actually the word of God has created this monster of a preacher. You say, what do you mean a monster of a preacher? <laughs> How would you like to have been a Ninevite minding your own business and him coming preaching like he was preaching? He said, what kind of animal is this? As he proclaims not a word that he's just carrying in a book, not a word that he has read, but a word that has spoken to him so much that it has conformed him into the image of the word that God wants him to deliver. God taking his word in your life and confronting you and bringing you to confessions and taking you to deep places so that he can create the man of God 
or the child of God that could be the key of unlocking a place like Nineveh. Jonah has become fitted for the task and the word of God has fitted him. It is this book, this hammer, this fire, this sword, Whittles and burns and mashes and crashes our lives to bring us to the place to where we are fitted for those who need to hear us. So that we don't come with a dime a dozen saying, trying to impress someone. Boy, we come suited in embodied in the word of God. Nineveh needs a word. Even when they don't realize they need a word. They're so close to destruction and have no idea that God has spent time getting a man ready and created by the same word that he's going to preach to them that will forever change their lives. Nothing any more precious than a mama that the word of God has created her to be that mama. What an impression she can have on those children. She's not just carrying a Bible and going to church. The word of God has formed her. How precious is a man of God who comes and stands behind this sacred desk and what you have not seen is the behind the scenes of which God has wrought out. A man who he has given not only his word to but formed his word in They don't need a seminary student. Though there can be men of God that come or go there. They don't need a teacher or preacher that has been instructed out of some book. They need a man of God that has been made a man of God by the word of God. When I say preacher, I speak to the children of God. This world needs in this last day. They, America needs a word. But that word must come from those of which God has worked it in them so it can come out. And the confrontations and confessions and communions that God takes you through, bringing you to that place that you're the very key for the hour and for the need in somebody's life. They need a word. This world needs a word. 
And I'm glad for the times of which when I didn't even know it, I needed a word. And God sent the word. I thought about the Old Testament prophets. Each one of them were formed by that word into that word that they delivered. Jeremiah was known as what? The weeping prophet. The word of God had brought him to a place of tears. He couldn't even speak except he lamented and he cried. If you were to interview him, he would say, I was made to feel my message. (laughs) The word of God has feeling, doesn't it? In all of our hearts. If you were to interview Ezekiel, he would say to you, I had to live my message. I had to lay on one side for almost a year and another side for a period of time. My wife died and the the Lord said, you can't can't weep and the people wanted to know why. And he said, when they ask you why, that's when you give the word that you've been living. This world needs a word that we can feel and a word that we've been living. Hosea said, I had to love my word. I had to love through my message. The unlovely. This world needs a word that comes from a heart that is filled with a love that has been wrought within that heart. We need a message, but not just any message. I'd simply mention two or three things tonight about this matter of the conforming of the Word of God, the creating of the Word of God. I stand before you understanding that what I am doing is not something I chose to do, but it was something that God created me to do. I was born into it, it was born into me. Because somebody needed that word and needs that word. They, if any any place ever needed a word from God, they did. And so God brought forth a man of God that was created by that very word that he was going to preach. First of all, I would say to you that they needed a word from a a man who had been called by that word. There is no doubt in verse 1 that he was called. And in chapter 3 and verse number 1, he was called. It's one thing to go to the Bible. It's another thing when the Bible comes to you and you are called. (laughs) Say, when I was 14, had no introduction to the Bible, no introduction to theology, to the gospel or any of that. But right after I got saved, the pastor of that church took me down to West 
25th Street in Cleveland, Ohio, Market Street, they called it, thousands of people. And what we would do, is I'd take a little old cardboard box and put one inside of the other. I didn't weigh much then. <laughs> and I'd get up on that cardboard box and I had memorized John 3.16 and I'd spend that time there quoting John 3.16 as they passed by. And I never, refer, I, never, I never forget, one day on a Saturday, well, I was there on a Saturday, a fella came by to me at that time, I was probably 15 years old, and he said, are you a preacher? I said, well, I don't know. I didn't know nothing. I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't know the terminology of what a preacher was and what a, pre, I mean, as far as I knew the preacher that preached to me, but what, what created that? But then I soon realized that a preacher is a man because that was what was happening to me. He was creating within me this matter of the word of God by the call that he had already put upon me. <laughs> I'm wrestling with a lot of things in my Christian walk, but never with the call to preach. It was birthed within me. I never fought it, I just yielded to it. He was called as the word of God moved in his direction. It came to him. And it kept coming to him. The very mind of God was to use Jonah to preach to a people that Jonah hated. But he's going to have to mold him and make him and create him and conform him. It was the word of God that came to Noah, the word of God that came to Abraham, the word of God that came to Moses, the word of God that came to Paul, and the word of God that came to you. It calls us. The second thing that this creative word of God does to prepare us to be able to minister to this world is it conquers us. It has to conquer this man. He's got all of these theories and ideas, his opinions and options. So that when the word of God comes to him, he basically says no, as was preached tonight. Now, I hope that don't ever happen to you, but I'm going to tell you, because you are so imperfect, I, I sort of think there's going to be a time when the word of God is going to confront you on an issue that God knows he's going to bring out the no in you. So that you can realize and deal with who you really are. But you're not the saint that you think that you are. Because the word of God wants you to know that it's in charge. God's word is powerful and it is supreme and it is going to conquer us. But they don't need a pansy preacher to come up there and just fiddle around. They need, to come, they need a man of God that's going to come to them and say, hey, you better hear what I'm telling you. This book ain't playing around. It's like a hammer. It is like a fire. It's like a sword. It will hurt you. 
this same book that we embrace and that we love and that we carry and that we preach out of or teach out of and that we read is the same book that will confront us so that it can conquer us. So that we will realize we have no options. There are no other choices. And our opinions really don't count. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, boy. But it will accomplish that word to I have sent it. And prosper in that where I have sent it. God's word is going to rule. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to rule you, and it's going to rule me. So that I realize, though I go from church to church and place to place, and I'm preaching the word to you, that same word is preaching to me. When I am submitting unto you that you need to surrender to him that same book. And how many times after preaching a sermon someone stuck my hand and said to me, Preacher, I'm going to tell you that stepped on my toes. It squeezed my heart. And I say to them, it did me long before it did you. He has been conquered. God does not come with his word to negotiate to imply or to suggest he comes to take over. Comes to conquer us. Conquer us. Heard about the little boy that he had a cow and he was going to take it and sell it to market. On the way to the market, he run into an old timer crossing the mountain, the hill, about the same time he did. And he said, boy, where are you going? He said, I'm going to take this cow to the market and I'm going to sell it. Pretty adamant about it. And he said, well, son, you ought to say if the Lord's will. He said, no, I've got the cow. And they, I've done talk to the people. They said they're going to buy it. I'm going to go. He left out venturing on and... A bunch of thugs jumped him somewhere along the way, beat him up and took his cow away from him. He's coming back across the hill, met the same man coming across the pass. He said, son, where are you going? He said, I'm going home if it's the Lord's will. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This book's always going to be in charge of our lives. A man called. They need a man called of God. They need a man conquered by God. They need a man convinced by God. A word that called him and conquered him convinces him. How in the world are they going to be able to embrace and believe this word if he does not? Have you read, I meant to read the text. John's got me plumb out of bounds here. Have you read about how they responded to that word? Why? Because here is a man who is convinced. He embodies that truth. 
The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, preach unto it the preaching I bid thee. So Jonah arose, went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Jonah began to enter in to the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days Nineveh shall be overthrown. Eight words turned a whole city of 600,000 upside down. So the people of, so, so, the people of Nineveh believed God. Man. An eight word sermon and they believed God. Why did they do that? How could they believe God on an eight word sermon? I'm going to tell you why. Because of the man who embodied that sermon and when they heard his voice and they saw him, they knew this was different. Put on sackcloth. They proclaim the fast, the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word, same word, same word came into the king of Nineveh. He arose from his throne, laid his robe from him, covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he caused that it be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast... Covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger and we perish not? So God saw their works. But they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it. They are the ones who are arising now, as Jonah had to. They are the ones who are believing now, as Jonah had to. They are the ones who are crying now, as Jonah had to. They are the ones repenting now, but it hadn't been long before until the word of God made Jonah. And they are the ones trusting now as Jonah had to. And they are the ones seeing the results of God's word as Jonah. It's almost identical as to what the word of God and its effect had upon the preacher as it did the sinners or the people. God's word works the same. Sinner or saint. Calling us, conquering us, conforming us. Convincing us. He's convinced. When he says eight days, he's convinced. For eight words, he's convinced that it's over if they don't turn. He don't even give an invitation. He just gives them the word. Because you know the truth of the matter is the power is in the word. I do not go from church to church to church to church hoping that I can get somebody to do anything. Because if I in my abilities persuade you of anything, if I persuade you of heaven, you'll go to hell. For, you'll be eternally ruined. 
But if the word of God that convinced me convinces you, you'll be eternally changed. Jonah didn't mess with them. He didn't have three points and a poem and a bunch of illustrations and things it could bring. No, he had eight words. That's all he needed. I don't come to you with a full sermon. I'm a hoping that somewhere in the midst of what God has put in my heart, it'll reach your heart if it's one word. It will change your life forever as this book changed my life forever. But it had to come through a man who had been made and created by the book that he was preaching. This world needs a word, but it'll have to come through people, children of God who have been called, have heard the word, have been created and conformed by that same word that God will use so that others will listen. You'll be the key. God created the key that unlocks the door. My goodness. Here comes this preacher. Here comes this preacher. He's not even had time to take a shower. But where he's been, he ain't worried about whether his shoes are shined or not. He's got a suit or tie. He got a message, and he's got to preach it. Now, he don't even want to preach it. But that word has so conformed him and so conquered him that he knows he better preach it. <laughs> he's not ready to, he's not just keeping a list and counting all the sermons he preached and putting another one up on the board. He don't even want to be there. <laughs> but he's got a word. It's created in him. He's got to proclaim it. And if anybody knows it's true, he does. Could you imagine the wall-eyed look on this Man of God that looks so unkept and gross and you just look at him as if he is a, a more of a beast than he is a man. And he starts going through it and screams out those eight words time after time after time. He never changes it. Preaches the same sermon all the way across that city. But they can see the message on him. I mean, he's got seaweed around his neck. He's got, he's been regurgitated. All of that's in that stomach of that whale's come out on him. They can see the message, is what I'm saying. They can see the message. They not only can see the message, they can smell it. You smell him when he came by? Man, I mean, I, I, I used to work down there killing whales and skinning them, getting that fat. He smells sort of like one of them. Can't help but believe that somehow preceding this, I don't know it did, that somehow they got word where this man had been. But I'm going to tell you one thing, whether they did or not, that word captivated them because of where he had been. 
He didn't have to get up and explain everything he had been through to preach this. He'd been through it. It was him. God's word was living in him and he preached it. And these pagan people, idolatrous people, began to react the same way he had to react. They been crying, started believing, arising, trusting, seeing, and repenting. Because God's word has the same effect on everybody. It'll cause you to line up. Somebody said, but I'll tell you one thing. First of all, I can hear the church members. I don't know why he's preaching that meeting, no way. It ain't been long he was preaching about how wicked them people was and how God all destroyed, and he took a meeting up there. Somebody else said, well, something worse than that to me is I'd be scared to death to go among them people. Do you know the history of those people and what they do when they, they were one of, if not the major power at this time, and when they took over a country, I'm going to tell you, they were brutal. They would, they, I don't even want to describe what all that they would do. I'd be scared. <laughs> you might, but Jonah ain't. Honey, if you've been in hell deeper than any man's ever been for three days and three nights, along with God, and you're vomited out, you ain't scared of no man. This word embodied in you as the word of God will not back down. And I'm going to tell you, I know the direction that America's headed in. They want to snuff us out, but first they want to quieten us down. But they're going to have a problem quieting something down that has been created by the word of God. He don't even get an appointment. You don't even ask if he can preach. He just got a word that has molded him first. He's a man qualified for this, this job. To preach to these people that need a word from a man who has been made. And the thing that I love about not just preachers, I must say this, about saints, God's children as I go from church to church and take their hands and look, there, there I can tell and, and, and I can sense things that God has molded and made in their lives through confrontations and confessions and deep communion. They'll look at you clear-eyed and say, Preacher, had a 92-year-old woman I was talking to her. used to pastor her years ago. And I loved it. She's been through hell and high water. Boy, she was talking to me about a subject of men. Her was, and that little old bony hand come up like this and came down and said, But my Bible says... I just 
You better believe it, honey. My Bible says, with authority of 90-some years of walking with God. Been to hell and back. <laughs> then I said, Jonah, how was it being down there so far all by yourself? He said, I wasn't by myself. That word was so much in him, he couldn't even pray without. And you go back and look at that and go to the Psalms. There's, there's, some, there's like some 20, 25 verses that he's pulling out of, and some of them he's quoting verbatim in that, well, the word of God has so created him and conformed him and called him and conquered him and convinced him he's the only man for the job. When he got done preaching, it broke a whole nation with eight words. Now, I heard a story of years gone by And this is what the Word of God will do to you. This book ain't going to please anybody. I mean, it ain't going to say pretty please. Never has to me. <laughs> There's no pretty please in this book. If you need a pretty please, you had not heard the Word like you need to hear it. And I'm not going to say that you need to hear it in the sense that you need to go try to hear like Jonah heard. He was made, he was created, he was taken to places to where he heard. God has a special word for you and you and you and you and me at different times and he's the one that has to create all of that. Don't bother me when people go to sleep when I'm preaching. They just don't need the word I'm preaching at that point in time. But it's a good chance there's somebody out there that's a Ninevite saying, I didn't realize that I was just a day or two from hell. I'm glad I got that word. I didn't realize there's a man sitting out there that was just no doubt Days away from great trouble. As I said to you and quoted what I read in that text that was sent me, people that I hated that I knew that I, my desire was, I was going to, I was getting ready, I was going to whip them. And one little phrase delivered him. He needed that word. But I heard about it. They called him boss man. He owned a plantation in the south. Had slaves there, black slaves. He would allow them to have meat every year. 
Those black folks would get together and have their little camp meeting. They'd have one of them, one of their own black preacher preaching it. The boss man that owned it all decided he was going to go down there the first night of the meeting. Talking about the power of the word. He was just going to go down and view it, you know, overlook it. You see what they did down there. What's that all about? They called on that black man to get up and preach full of the Holy Ghost. Couldn't hardly read his name in boxcar letters. But he knew the gospel inside and out. He preached that gospel. As God would have it, that plantation owner got on a conviction. He didn't know what it was, but something was bothering him. He went home that night, and the next morning he looked up Sam, who was the man who, the black man that sort of overlooked the servants, superintendent, if you will. His name was Sam. He said, Sam, come here. He said, I came down to your meeting last night. He says, yes, sir, boss, I see you down there. He said, well, I heard that preacher preach down there. And he said, I was wondering, he said, if I was to do what he said I needed to do, if I need to get saved, what would I have to do to get saved? He said, well, boss man, you know where that hog pen is, don't you? He said, yes, sir. He said, you go up there and climb that fence, get down that hog pen, wall around that mud, and you call on Jesus, he's going to save you. Ah, he said, Sam, that's foolishness, and he turned and went on his way. But he had a pull to go back to that meeting the next night, and he went back to the meeting the next night, and that old preacher got up and preached hell hot and heaven sweet and preached that same gospel. That's all he knew. Deeper conviction got on the boss man. He went back home, couldn't sleep too well, and the next morning... He hunted up Sam. He said, Sam, I come back to your meeting last night. He said, yes, sir, boss, I seed you. He said, now, Sam, I talked to you about this yesterday. He said, now, and I don't know that I want to, but he said, if I was to ever want to get saved, what do I have to do? He said, well, boss, man, you see that hog pen up there? You go up there and crawl across that fence and get down that mud and you wall around and call on Jesus. He's going to save you. He said, I told you I didn't want no foolishness. And he turned and walked away. Went back down there the next, that night. Man, the Holy Ghost moved and conviction fell on him. I mean, he was a miserable man. Went back home, tried to sleep, and up in the morning he got his lantern, went down there to the servants' quarters and got beaten on the door. Sam didn't know what was happening. He ran over and over and up and said, Boss man, boss man, what be the problem? He said, Sam, I went back to the meeting tonight. And he said, I asked you two times, what do I need to do to be saved? He said, well, now, boss man, it's dark, but you take that land and you go up there and cross that field, get down that hog pen, call on Jesus, he's going to save you. Plantation owner with a lantern turned and started running across the field up toward the hog pen. Sam stepped out on the porch and he hollered and he said, boss man, boss man, where you going, boss 
man, where are you going? He stopped and spun around. He said, Sam, you said the only place that the Lord Jesus would save me is in a hog pen. I'm going up there and I'm getting down in that hog pen now. He said, no, sir, boss, you don't have to do that. You just have to be willing to do it. And you'll know that you've heard the word when you become willing. But you see, the reason they became willing to the word that he had preached is because he became willing to that same word. He became that manifestation of the word of God. The word of God is not only spirit, it's body and soul. It's God's word alive in you. Creating a message. God's word, not just giving you a message, but creating it in you. So that nobody else on earth could say what you say the way you say it. Because God made it in you like he made it in you. Time to time, somebody will come and say, Brother Dan, I heard you preaching. I'm going to use that. I said, use it all you want to. You can even preach it where I preach. Because you can't be me preaching it. It's different when I preach it. It's different when you preach it. It's different. This life of this word, once it is embodied and worked in you, it will come out in a special way like nobody's ever seen because God will create that word within you by submitting you to that word. Aren't you glad for the wonderful words of life? He's been confronted by the word. Brought to a confession by the word. Took down deep in communion by the word. To find out that he has been created by the word. They needed a man 